All right, we're talking tonight with Frank DeLorenzo. Frank is the president and founder of R&R Games. R&R Games is mostly known for their party game hit Time's Up and also Hanabi, which is the winner of the Spiel des Jahres, but now has come to be known as one of the publishers with the widest range of products in their line. So, uh, Frank, first of all, tell us about R&R Games and how it got started uh, and about the few of the, a few of those early titles and how they shaped your company going forward. Sure. Um, R&R Games started about 20 years ago with one title. Uh, it was a game that I designed, and I wanted to get it published because my friends all said, hey, it's a great game, you ought to get it published, and I tried and I couldn't, so then I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I should publish it myself. Okay. So I started a company to publish games with that as my first game. Uh, it was called Riddles and Riches. Okay. It was a treasure hunt game. Um, after that had a little success, we added uh, another game the next year, it was uh, Soul, the antique dealer game, uh, kind of a wheeler-dealer game, because I love wheeler-dealer games. Okay. And uh, that did pretty well. Then we had a, a card game called Overthrown, uh, which was designed by myself and my wife, Stacy. And that's also the year we brought out Time's Up. Okay. So would you so say Time's Up is that first? That time. What's that? Time's Up is that first big hit for the company? I would say that was the first big hit for sure. Okay. Um, and ever since, it's just been a huge seller for us. Um, and we sold millions of it worldwide at this point. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just a, it's been such a great game. Uh, and it's, it's truly my favorite party game of all time. I mean, it's, you can always play it, you know, just by picking a few friends together, getting some cards together with the game, and you're going. And you're going to be guaranteed some laughs. So, yeah, and in a company like R and R, that's known for I mean, really good party games. Even more recent, Spit It Out, games like that. I mean, that game is does really even stand out above even all of your other great party games. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we we are known as the kings of party games. Yeah. Uh, we put out a lot of party games, but we like uh, all sorts of games. And as I grew the company, I really wanted to expand into other ones that I enjoy playing myself, like strategy games um so you know we did a lot with the party games at first and then we added some strategy games and that started to take off pretty well so we added more uh we had a chance to do children's games uh and toys so we started doing those and those did really well so we've had a very uh a lucky run here where we've been able to put out some real quality products and uh, have a great fun time doing it. Absolutely. And uh, let's talk about one of those strategy games. One of your newest titles, Mombasa, is uh, a new oh, yeah. game from you guys designed by Alexander Pfister, uh, who yep. seems to be on a bit of a roll lately with Isle of Sky and the Kinnerspiel Award winner, uh, Broom Service. Uh, oh, tell us, a, yeah, I haven't played it yet, but yeah, Kinnerspiel winner, that's a big, big deal for everybody listening. Uh, very enjoyable game. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about... He's, he's uh, a very talented uh, designer. Just, he's coming up with some really nice stuff. Mombasa is probably the media strategy game uh, that we've done okay. to date. Uh, it's really not that hard once you get into it, though. Uh, he's, he has kept it simple, but there's a lot that you can do in that game and a lot of decisions you're going to have to make. So, you know, hence why it's a bit meatier. But it's such a fun game. It's such a well-balanced game. Uh, there's plenty of stuff to do every turn, and you just have to... And you're, you're going to get stuck. You probably will get stuck on, you know, if you don't plan 
careful enough. Things could go awry as other players grab something you need before you can get to it. Okay. Uh, but that's part of the game, and it's, it's just a great, great strategy, and I really enjoy Mombasa. Well, tell us a little bit about the theme and the mechanisms that are in the game. Well, you're basically you're, uh, kind of an investor, and you're, you're trying to make your mark in uh, you know, colonial Africa. So you're investing your money into companies in Africa, that you're trying to expand. Um, but there are several different ways to gain value in this game. It's all about gaining value. So whoever has the, the most money, per se, at the end of the game is going to win. So there are things that you can do uh, during the game that gather gold, uh, like bookkeeping action. Uh, there's a bookkeeping track where you will be able to uh, get your, uh, your books to a certain level of where uh, your money, you know, you're, you have a money-making operation. Um, of course, you can pay the bookkeeper to cook the book and oh, move okay. along even faster, but that costs you some of your money. Um, there's a diamond track where you can uh, explore the diamond mines and, and basically uh, invest in diamonds so that you have a, a huge value in diamonds. There are four companies around the board that are trading in various resources like cotton and coffee and bananas. And those you can invest in to make more money. Uh, and part of making more money with them is expanding them through the board itself and, you know, expanding their reach and their, uh, their basically their sphere of power, per se. So there's a lot of different ways to make the money in this game. Uh, do you do it all? Or do you focus on one or two or just one? It's, you know, it's a tricky decision. But the best thing about that game is the hand uh, mechanism, the card mechanism that allows you only to play a certain number of cards each turn that you choose uh, in advance, but you only get back a certain number of cards in one stack of three different stacks each round. Okay. So you lose cards each turn, but some cards come back to you. Okay. You kind of got to plan ahead to be able to take advantage of things that are happening on the board just a really really well balanced game yeah and the game's gotten really great reviews uh at this point from shows like heavy cardboard and other shows as well and uh one of the things you do hear especially from the heavy cardboard guys is how this uh game opens up after more plays so uh really excited to try this out for myself um and you have two other newer games we'll talk a little bit more about mombasa and its role in your company but you have two other newer games just released or releasing soon called gobblestones and rome city of marble can you tell us about they're these two out. releases yeah, okay released at the same time as mombasa at Essen. okay uh can you tell us a little bit about the two games I, I know i don't know quite as much about these as i do mombasa okay um well rome is a uh a tile lane game from brett myers uh another really tight strategy game more of an abstract strategy a bit um you're trying to build buildings in rome and win prestige by doing that uh obviously if you end up with the most prestige you'll win the game um but it's again a neat little uh board where all of the um spaces are diamond shaped so uh you have these diamond shaped tiles that go uh onto the board and you're eventually going to make a hexagon with these diamond-shaped tiles. When you complete a hexagon, you've completed a building area, which means that whoever controls 
the color of that building that is being built, they're going to reap the benefit, the prestige. So you want to have your people on the tiles that are going to basically generate buildings. That's how you make a lot of points in this game. Um, but there's a lot of little small things going on in the game as well. You can build aqueducts uh, out to your building so that you get more points, more value. Okay. You can uh, build fountains. Uh, whenever there's a, a disagreement on what building will be built, basically meaning that there was a tie, no one had majority, you build a fountain as a compromise, which gives you gold, which adds to your score, but is not as prestigious as a building per se. Okay. Um, and there are four types of buildings that you can build from the small temple to the more popular bathhouse up to bigger amphitheaters and coliseums. So you're basically just trying to bring, you know, various cultural things to to Rome as you rebuild it. Okay. That sounds great, man. What about uh, Gobblestones? Tell us a little bit about this. This uh, great artwork looks like a really interesting uh, little game. Tell us a little bit about it. A very interesting little game. It's, uh, it's a game by Stephen Glenn, one of our favorite designers. Yeah, he's great, uh, man. Yeah. Oh, I love his stuff. He um, He's put together kind of an abstract strategy game here uh, where you're placing tiles. Uh, you, you have a, a small collection of tiles each turn to work with that kind of ebbs and flows. You might have more one turn, less the other, and it's all dependent on how many you play that turn. Um and there's a bag of, of these colored tiles that you're drawing from. The, uh, the board is a mutable board. It basically has um, a lot of different uh, squares that you can put together in any order. So every time you play, you have a different board. And they're double-sided, so you can mix them up to your heart's content. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the, the squares have colored stones on them, and they have points on each stone. What your objective is, is to eat these stones. You're a goblin goblin, and you're hungry for these stones. So every time you cover them with your tiles, you get the points of the stones that you've eaten. You must always, however, lay your tiles in a straight line. And so the number of tiles you play might get you a big score, but you're going to get less tiles from the back. If you play a few tiles, you might get a smaller score, but more tiles from the back. So you can kind of work your way up to a bigger score the next turn. Um, very interesting little game, though. I mean, it plays great uh, for two to four players. Uh, you can play with younger kids, uh, you know, adults. It doesn't really matter. It's a challenge uh, based on, you know, reacting to the board and, and, and playing your pieces in such a way that you score, you know, higher than your opponents are scoring while you're playing them. But you could be setting someone up for a big score because their pieces might fit just as well. Okay. That sounds great, man. And I mean, talking about Mombasa going from Mombasa to Gobblestones, I mean, that's kind of a perfect example of what makes R&R games so interesting to me. Uh, you guys are known for releasing games from a huge spectrum of uh, genres and game types. Uh, you're not only known for great party games like Time's Up and Spit It Out that we talked about earlier, but everything else from Euro games like one of my favorites, Colbert, and I love Colbert, and um, card games, dexterity games, abstract games, and anything you can think of, really. Uh, where did the decision come to not focus on one or two game types like a lot of companies do, but to release games from a really wide array of uh, genres and mechanisms? Well, 
there's a couple of reasons. I mean, we, we're truly a family game company. We want to basically have something for everyone in the family to enjoy. So uh, we wanted to give as broad a spectrum as we could. Um, and if it's basically a fun game and we think it can sell well, we're going to pu publish it. It's just that's, that's what we look for. We want people to have fun with our game. We want them to get into the game quickly and easily and be able to enjoy themselves, you know, with a minimum of trouble. So you won't find a game from us that's really complex. Okay. You'll never see that. Um, you'll see games that typically you can explain most of our games in a minute or two. Uh, it might take you, for some of the strategy games, a little bit longer. Maybe it might be a 10, 15-minute explanation for those games. But you'll be up and playing pretty quickly for virtually all of our games. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and you guys have, I mean, I mean, we talked about Hanabi earlier and Spit It Out, oh, yeah. Mombasa, Cole Baron, but, uh, I mean, you guys also were the U.S. release for the Spiel des Jahres winner, Hanabi. So oh, yeah. what's it like being an American company releasing an SDJ winning game did you guys get the contract for the game before it won the award after it won the award um we did, yes we had it before okay uh, but just just briefly before thank thankfully uh, <laughs> yeah yeah perfect perfect timing really because i mean do and people be honest, i mean once something wins the award if it hasn't been picked up already is there just a clamor to sign that game uh, i would think that would be the case for most most skill the artist yeah. Really? And um, does that designation hold the same weight in the U.S. that it does uh, in Europe? It absolutely does. Really? You know, there's just many people in the game industry, in the game hobby, that recognize that as the Oscar of the game world. Yeah. That's the, that's the award you want because it means that that game's got to be good. They, they, you know, they recognize that the jury knows their stuff when they're picking these games. And so, obviously, many people react to that and say, "That's the game I need to have. This is that. This is that game of the year that I have to have." And uh, they're usually going to be right. I mean, I've enjoyed most Steel the you know, winners of that played. Yeah, me too, for sure. And uh, I mean, Hanabi especially. I mean, Hanabi, while the tile version is my favorite version, the big box tile version, the smaller yeah, box card game version, I see it everywhere. I mean, from sure, Barnes and & Noble, can, Hastings. You, anywhere. you pull it out, you can teach someone to play in, yeah. what, a minute? Mm -hmm. you know? Here's the rules. There you go. Let's play. Yeah, and think of what that mechanism has inspired. I mean, everything from that uh, game that came out last year, Abracoa, what, Abracoa, yep. what, to uh, Bomb Squad this year. I mean, or yep. last year now, but it's inspired uh, quite a few games. A big, big deal for that game, Hanabi. Well, and I'll tell you this: uh, I don't really personally enjoy most co-op games. Yeah, me neither. The, well, I find that there's this too often. You, know, you might have the alpha gamer basically leading the way yeah. and playing the game for you. And that's never been fun for me personally. I mean, I know other people enjoy that and maybe don't experience that, so I, I don't have a problem with it. But I wanted a co-op game where that wouldn't happen, and Hanabi really is that. There is no way for someone to control that game. That's true, because, I mean, you, can, you can't see your own cards. You can only... You have cards and you have limited communication. Yeah. It's just, he, he made a beautiful melange of pieces that put together perfectly for 
for what I think is the perfect co-op game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, Hanabi is a fantastic game, and it's uh, it's got to be cool uh, being a company that signed a game, and then all of a sudden it wins an award like that, just knowing. Oh, I mean, yeah, that was quite a surprise. I, I actually didn't. I didn't expect it to win. Uh, you know, I thought it was up against some pretty good game. Yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised. And uh, again, you know, Antoine Bowser is a phenomenal designer. He's got great stuff out there. I really, really enjoy his games as well. Yeah, and but you got. There's so many good designers out right now. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, there are. Awesome. I mean, it's it, gaming industry. <laughs> it's impossible to uh, keep up with all the games that come out. Uh, I mean, it's almost impossible to keep up with your own collection of games that you can't seem to stop buying. But I mean, and then all the games you don't buy. Yeah, there's a, there are a well, ton I actually of great find designers. myself now culling my my own collection just because. It's grown so large, I need to make room for new games. So. Yeah, for sure. Me too. I've got the garage, and that's it. So when the, when that <laughs> thing, when those shelves are full, i got to start getting rid of some stuff. But uh, you guys yeah. uh, have worked with many designers multiple times. I'm not sure about uh, Antoine Bauza, but you guys have worked with, say, Stephen Glenn and other designers oh, yeah. multiple times. Uh, what are some of the designers that uh, have kept coming back to R&R, and why do you guys like working with the uh, same designer more than once? Uh, because I like their games. Uh, I feel that they, they know what they're doing. They have quality games that play really well. They fit really well with our line. Um, I mean, I, you know, I remember seeing many of their games where I just, the minute I played a little bit of it, I was like, okay, this is growing great. You know, I know it needs some more work, but let's, let's get it working and let's do it. Because it's, you know, just, you can see, you can see early on, even with their prototypes, uh, you know, if a game is going to have what it needs uh, to be a fun and successful game. Really? Okay. You know, Stephen Glenn, he's got great, great stuff. I really like his stuff. Uh, we've done several of Rhino Smith's games. Yeah. We've done uh, uh, a host of other inventors, too. I mean, we have several other inventors. We have some Aaron. inventors that you haven't even seen all the games that we have yet. I mean, Jack okay. Jenkins does great party games as well. Uh, but we have several of his that we're uh, working on right now. Yeah, and you guys have released multiple games from is it Aaron Weisblum. Is that his name? Aaron Weisblum, yeah, another great inventor. He's He's done so many nice games, and uh, my favorite right now is uh, his Spellcaster game. Him and Norm Woods, um, they just did a phenomenal job with that game. It's real, again, takes seconds to explain. Mm-hmm. You'll be sitting down and you're playing the game. You'll be over with the game 10 to 20 minutes, but you've had a great time. You want to play it again? Do it again. Yeah, and that is a really fun game. It's a really interesting game how, uh, I mean, you you have such a hard decision of do I want to play this card I really want to play or do I want to cover up that card that's really hurting me yeah. right now? Yeah, and Aaron Weissman is also uh, inventor or co-inventor of Smarty Party, one of our favorite party games. I that's love right, Smarty right Party. I've never yeah. seen anyone that did not love that tiny pair of pants. <laughs> yeah, the, the smarty pants. best component decision I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great, man. Uh, and speaking of uh, Stephen Glenn, uh, he's the designer of First and Goal. Is that right? Oh yeah. Um, and that game uh, for the audience here in Stephenville, that game has hit big here in Stephenville. I don't know if you've seen this before. You probably have, but there's actually a league that's formed in Stephenville, and people are playing that game like crazy there here in town. There are over 200 leagues around the world with that game. Really. 
yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great football game. It would have for me. I don't know a lot about football, so uh, I didn't really know how to play it as well as somebody who does know a lot about football. But if you're a football fan, that game seems like it would be absolutely perfect well, it's still, for you. It's still a pretty forgiving game. Because yeah, it is. If you really know everything. There's a limited amount of decisions to make from the plays you have in your hand. So. You you know you may not know exactly the right play, but you might get lucky, and you might be doing all right even if you don't understand it. Well, the weird thing is, is I don't know a lot about football, but that actually ended up making me win the game because I was doing a passing play when the person I was playing who did know about football knew I was going to be doing a running play. So, yeah, that's what actually helped me in the game. But yeah, I mean, for people that love football and for people who don't this is a it's a really fun game so Stephen Glenn I love Glenn. how that game can really give you the, the, the feel of a, of a football game where you just come down to the wire and you just have to make that last goal and can you get it across the goal line yeah and you know it's just, it's that true tug of war that you have in football yeah it's very true it's a very cool game and it's hit big here in Stephenville um, so as you said a while ago that you kind of know when a game is going to be good, even from prototype stage, you guys have kind of oh, been yeah. known for signing games you want to publish on the spot at conventions. What are you looking for oh, when someone yeah. shows you a game in that setting? Do you like people yeah. to make an appointment? What what kind of stuff are you looking for in that setting? We typically like them to make an appointment because the shows get really busy. Yeah. And obviously, you know, at shows like Toy Fair, that's pretty much all I'm doing most of the time is meeting with a vendor. But, um, yeah, you know, I, it's certainly possible to walk right up. We had the inventor of attraction waited. Uh, he didn't have an appointment. Uh, he just decided he wanted to show me his game. So he waited till he saw an opening, came over and said, do you have a few moments just to look at my game? I said, sure. And he says, well, you're going to love it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. So he Basically, we made a little space on the table in front of me, and he pulled out his game, and literally within a minute, I said, you're absolutely right, I'm going to buy this game. That's cool. That's very and cool. that was the game attraction with the Magnus. Yeah, it's uh, that game. That guy was right, because I, I've played that game more than any other game in my collection. It's amazing. I mean, you can just pull it out, they have a quick little game of it, and everyone's going to have a fun time. Yeah, and at holidays we're uh, we're bad about mixing attraction and hearts of attraction together and playing oh, a yeah. huge game. Oh yeah, no, that's great fun. I love doing that. Yeah, it's a, that game is a ton of fun. So yeah, I mean, uh, signing games right on the spot has got to be exciting when you see that game and you know, oh my god, yeah. I love this game. I'm going to buy this game, and it's got to yeah. feel cool to Something see like that. that. It, was so, it was an easy decision because you could see immediately how fun this was, how easy it would be to teach, and how you know you could take it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's got to be cool to see the look of excitement on the person's face when you say, I'm buying this game right now. Yep, yep. Feels a shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Frank, uh, like you said earlier, you're a designer yourself. Uh, the games yep. we talked about earlier and games like Homestretch. But uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to specifically ask you about Masters of Venice. The game seems to be getting some really great buzz lately uh, from the gaming community after being featured on Heavy Cardboard. Um, yep. Have you found that there's renewed interest in the game? It's been out since 2009. Is that right? Yeah, it's not. It's never really died away. It's been a like a slow but consistent seller for us. Um, and I, you know, it's probably my favorite design of mine. Although I really enjoy Home Stretch as well. Okay. But 
for, for strategy games, uh, it's kind of a toss-up because I like Masters of Venice because it represents that the pure um, economic game for me, you know, with stocks and, 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 and commodities. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite, you know, uh, themes. But uh, at the same time, I love the cutthroat card game Overthrow. You know, that's a, yeah. uh, that's been a, still a, you know still selling for us, and we don't really push it like we used to because it's kind of old and needs an update. But I think both Ma- I think Masters of Venice could have used a few tweaks as well. Um, nothing has been what I would consider my perfect game yet, but yeah. I think those were uh, two top ones for me. Well, I don't. I'm not sure if you uh, know the podcast Heavy Cardboard, but um, ha- I've heard it a couple times. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty familiar with it. Yeah, they they featured the game, and I was just wondering. I mean, they've got a pretty large audience. If there was a spike after that game was featured on their show, when when did they feature it? Uh, I would say is about a month and a half to two months ago. Well, that would explain why there was a small spike. Yep. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They do a uh, heavy cardboard guys do a segment here on our show as well. So it's uh, it's yeah, cool to see. I was actually see. kind of wondering about uh, why we were seeing uh, a little uptick on those sales. So hey, that's, that's it, man. What it was. Yeah, you should yeah. listen. You should listen to that episode. They gave they give you that game a great review. I still have not had a chance to play it myself, but I've been reading the rules here in the last couple of right. weeks, and I'm going to get it to the table soon. But yeah, they give the game great reviews. So. Uh, Tell us uh, what it's like to design games that you yourself are going to be publishing. Uh, do you treat the design process and the promotion and release of the game like you would any other game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It goes through the same rigorous playtesting and uh, probably even more so. Yeah. I want it to be perfect. And I always hope that I got it, but uh, after it's published, I always find something that, oh, I could have done that better. Or yeah. Could have changed that. Uh, Should have done this. But, uh, you know, there's only so much uh, pounding away you can do before you think, okay, that's ready. Yeah, that's uh, true. And you gotta you got to let stuff go at some point. A lot of time on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Masters of Venice was one that we spent, uh, I, I must have gone through three years of testing on that. First and goal was the same way. Uh, we wanted that to be, you know, a perfect football game, so we spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. Yeah, and it worked. I mean, that overthrew uh, pizza box football for a lot of people. Yeah, and I I think it's worth it to spend that kind of time to make the game, you know, as good as it can be because, you know, it'll have longevity. It'll have, uh, you know, length to to last as a classic. And what's a normal amount of time that you guys work on a game? And is there, if it's a longer amount of time for a game, do you, is there ever any frustration from the designers, or do they understand that amount of time as a designer who's released games before? I think there's always a level of frustration when the game doesn't come out within you know six months. Yeah, um, because you know it's their baby and they want it out there and mm-hmm. they should have it out there. But like we have one game we've been working on; it's a party game, and there's a Part to it that has been stymie enough. Uh, we just can't seem to we can't seem to get the part uh, manufactured at a reasonable cost, and it's just caused the delay after delay after delay. And we've tried so many different things, so uh, I'm getting very frustrated. But I think we finally have solved it. And, uh, if everything goes well as expected, it should be out this year finally. Uh, but we have sat on. Uh, several games uh, just because we feel that the market isn't right for it. If a game comes out that's similar uh, or of the same genre that 
we feel would steal from our thunder, we'll actually sit back and, and not put it out yet. Um, yeah, and that's probably and worth I, it because you guys have a lot of games you're releasing at any given time. So. Yep, and I, and I know designers don't like to hear that because they're, they're thinking, well, you know, you're just sitting on it, you're not doing anything with it. But the truth of the matter is, if, if I put it out and into a market where I think it's going to have direct competition and it might not fly, I'm wasting not only our, our abilities and, and time and money, but I'm wasting their chance because yeah. that game will fail and then I can't bring it back. Yeah. And if so, you had an opportunity where you could uh, release the game in both instances to show the designer of the game, you know, the, the, you know, we know what we're doing. This ended up working out, you know, it probably, well, I, I mean, I've shown, I, you know, I can show some evidence of that too, because we've had a couple of games where I, I agreed to say, all right, we'll push it out. Why not? Uh, even though it was against my better judgment and the game crashed and burned yeah. because they came up against stiff competition Yeah, and it just wasn't right. Um, I, I'm a patient guy with this. Uh, I think it's, you know, wait for the time when the game can do its best. Yeah, and that seems to happen a lot. I mean, you look at any type of media, I mean, even movies, like why do people talk about the prestige and not the, you know, movie with Edward Norton? You know what I mean? Yep. They came yep. out at the exact same time. I mean, you right exact now you've got, yep. you've got the networks and the other uh, uh game based on the same subject releasing tv shows and i'm sure one's going yeah. to do great and the other one's going to do okay or and not okay exactly that's exactly my point yeah for sure um so let's talk about games you got coming up you've got a slate of games planned already for this year including what looked like four expansions for times up we do for yeah recall. what's going to be included in these expansions they're all new cards basically all new cards okay. to add to your deck um we thought it was, you know, time to, to push those out. Uh, people have been waiting for those for a while. Uh, those are tough to make uh, because it's hard to get really current information and yet still fun and a nice mix of things. So yeah. that's that's been tricky. Um, we're also releasing, nobody really knows this yet, but they're about to find out, is that we're releasing a special limited edition expansion for Time's Up, the original, the Deluxe. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're going to have one of those, and then we hope to bring out more of those okay. later on this year. Very cool. We should be able to do that. But you'll hear an announcement about that probably in the next week or so. Yeah, because I'm sure there's people that like the uh, you know title recall, and then I'm sure there's still people that still like to play the original, too. Oh, yeah. There's people that are on both sides. You know, one likes one over the other and vice versa, but, you know, everyone, you know, we each their own. <laughs> I found that having both games is really great because they work best with different groups of people, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. Buy, buy both. can't handle the, the one, but they'll, they'll love the other. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you guys have another game coming out called Showdown that really reminds me of a game um, that they used to play on the Plaid Hat Games podcast that pits famous characters against each other in mundane situations. Tell us a little bit about this uh -huh. game and how it works. Um, that's pretty much similar to this game in that respect, uh, in that you have famous people going up against each other. And this is basically a group think game where you're trying to pick who you think is going to reach the top of this, this uh, fight, 
per se. Yeah. Uh, or challenge, because there are challenges that can be that can come into play, uh, or it can just be a straight up, hey, who's going to be the winner of this? So the uh, the the trick is to basically place your bets on who you think is going to make it to the top, and you're going to score uh, if your particular pick, uh, the one that you you know your contender uh, gets to the top, plus you'll get uh, points for your bet. Uh, and just really funny combinations come out of this game. So. Yeah, I mean, and it's a seems like a simple concept, but it sounds like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's actually one of the games that our playtesters really, really liked a lot. And uh, we were going to release it last year, and then a couple things got in the way, so we put it off to this year. Uh, and I think uh, it was probably a good decision from, you know, the perspective of what party games are out there now. Okay, very cool. Um, are there any other uh, games coming out soon that you'd like to tell the listeners about? Or have uh, we covered them all? Have, let's see. We have Pickle Leather coming out at uh, Toy Fair. Uh, we have Showdown. We have Swipe Out. Uh, and then the, we have the Spellcaster Potions expansion. Okay. Um, that's going to mix in with the original game really nicely. Um, we have the four expansions for Times of Battle Recall, the expansion for Times of Deluxe, and there's one more. One more, which I can't remember. <laughs> I'm surprising even myself. <laughs> have you heard of a uh, potential uh, expansion? Are there any expansions on the horizon for Coal Baron from uh, Kramer Kiesling? There is a card version that we are looking at. Okay, very cool. Uh, I believe that's going to be uh, coming out real soon. So once I uh, get a closer look at it, I'll know more. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I know they did an expansion in Germany, but it was a very tiny expansion. that It didn't add a whole lot. I think it was more of a promo even. Uh, it was just a promo. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah, Cole Baron, man, that's one of my favorites. I, you know, I play a lot of really heavy Euros and stuff like that, but when I want a nice, good, medium weight, that is that game is smooth as silk, man. I, I have never played a game that smooth. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, worker placement game. Yeah, it's It's so great. well balanced, so tight. Uh, you know, Kramer Kiesland does phenomenal stuff, and I think that's probably one of my favorites. You know whose game that we haven't made yet who I really want to get... Uh, one of his games, Stefan Feld. I'm a big fan of Stefan Feld games. That would be a lot um, of fun. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Was, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of all of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've encountered some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, really? I don't. Yeah, it's not much to me. But I love his game Bruges. His game Bruges yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah, I love Bruges, um, Bora Bora. Yeah, some of his games. You're right. I mean, I, I'm a big Stefan Feld fan as well. And I mean, I. Uh, I love Luna and Bora Bora and Bruges. Those are all great games, man. It would be it would be very cool to see your guys take on a Steffenfeld release. Yeah, something to look forward to. I hope. Yeah. Uh, well, Frank, I mean, I guess uh, that's about it. Can you tell our listeners how they can find information about your games and find you guys online and interact with you guys online? Yeah. Uh, obviously, our website and our Facebook are you know the primaries. Um, you know. 
website, www.rnrgames.com. That's R-N-R, because we can't use our ampersand okay. on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find all of our games up there, all you know information on all the games. Uh, if you play the games, uh, I will say keep your eye out for the hidden hunts. Many of our games are uh, basically containing little treasure hunts that uh, if you solve it, you could win a big prize. You could win a small prize. Depends on the, you know, the complexity of the hunt. Oh, that's very cool. I mean, I've never heard of this. Solved, and uh, even if you even if you win something that someone else has solved, you'll still be in a drawing for free games every month. We do that. Really? Okay. Uh, and there's more information about that on the website. Oh no, absolutely not. That's uh, they're hidden hunts for a reason. <laughs> So, uh, so in your games, there's uh, hidden things uh, that connect to each other. There are uh, little kind of um, hidden trails that you can follow. There are clues. There are um, strange things that don't make sense. And if you kind of puzzle it out, you will realize that you have an answer, and the answer is telling you to do something. Okay. That's how you solve these hidden hunts. And if you can figure out what to do and do it correctly, you will be a winner. Okay. And is there one in each game, or I guess uh, you can't give out too much information. Every single game has it. Uh, sometimes we just don't have time to include it. Yeah. We don't yeah. have the opportunity to include it. Sometimes we have plenty of opportunity, and we put them in there. Um, part of my background is I used to do treasure hunts. Uh, as in fact, we had a treasure hunt division of our games that we used to uh, literally make these treasure hunts. And, of course, my first game, Riddles and Riches, was a treasure hunt game. Yeah. So uh, anytime I can, I'm always trying to put little hunts scattered all over the place. Okay. I have not... Keep an eye out for Yeah, I haven't heard of this. If you figure out what R&R stands for. 20 years have gone by, no one has got it correct yet. Really? And uh, the prize for that is the biggest prize of all. What R&R stands for? I'm going to figure it out, Frank. Okay. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got the more R&R games than any other company in my collection, so uh, I, oh, I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to start I'm going to start doing this. Start finding those bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Frank, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. We've been talking with Frank DiLorenzo, the president of R&R Games. Frank, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight and for your time oh, tonight. And good luck on your current and future releases, and we will talk to you soon. Excellent. Thank you very much.